this is bottom of the bill. But yeah, bro, like I can't compete with sports, especially like a Jaguars game. Everything revolves around the Jaguars. Oh, yeah. here. Music is not the culture here. It is football and surfing. Yeah. If I'm playing music in a bar and I, you want me to entertain your crowd, why would you make me compete with the television? I was at a place down in Orlando, televisions are on and they're playing movies, like old movies with no sound or subtitles. I'm like, why do you even have them on? Wow. It's like, can you just turn them off and let this guy have a little spotlight? Yeah. He's playing songs that he wrote. And so I looked at my friend and I was like, hey man, I'm not playing here. Yeah. Like I don't, I'm not above, you know, like a gig, but at the same time, this isn't a gig and I don't need to be here on a night off. You exactly. know what I mean? I kind of like it because it tells me how hard I have to work that night. And I don't like working harder than I have to. <laughs> if you're telling me that you don't give a fuck, then I definitely don't give a fuck. And I appreciate that. We've not played until games have been over just because, I mean, you know, and, and we've played when games are going on and or a room full of people that's cheering for something that just happened yeah. will definitely be louder than anything you're playing. And that just, that, that hurts. Totally, Sometimes man. It definitely hurts. It's why so many people in towns like this give up on playing music yeah. because there's no support from people outside of that are directly involved with music welcome everybody to another edition of bottom of the bill this week we got john deering um bass player with bryce alistair and formerly firewater tent revival um before we get started and all that though we are going to do our little uh weekly catch-up so buckle in kids what's up chris what's up just chilling Good week last week. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was uh had a couple. I only had like two gigs, so that that wasn't good. But uh, uh, you know, you know, we're getting there. Uh, I started doing a, uh, um, I started doing like microdosing edibles. What? Which has <laughs> been a real uh, game changer for me. Wow. <laughs> That's uh, that's where we landed, man. Mister anti, not anti weed, but you're you're not a. Uh, Never known you as a weed guy. Yeah, now I mean, I'd, popping edibles like I'd, it's candy. I don't particularly like smoking weed or the effects of taking like high doses of edibles. However, you know, I find that a nice two point five milligram, maybe two to one ratio CBD THC kind of mix is a real good happy place for me okay and then anything more than that though i mean i'll eat like five milligrams and it starts to become a bit of a problem <laughs> <laughs> sure <laughs> those, those become living room days you don't really get out of the house too much <laughs> i i don't get out of my head dude <laughs> i'm just like <laughs> yeah Eesh. so um well that's cool has that been like kind of replacing coffee and caffeine does that get you to like a like a up and elevated space or is it just kind of like a sets the tone for the headspace and day kind of thing it's more of that i think it doesn't like wake me up or anything but it makes me feel just like happier nice so it's like i don't i think a lot of the reason why i procrastinate on things and like have such like ebbs and flows of productivity is because like sometimes you just get depressed about shit sure totally. so it's like rather than replacing like that thing or like filling that void with caffeine mm -hmm. and energy drinks and like pre-workouts and stuff um you know just uh, like taking the that tiny bit of edible it's like not even really a high it just kind of like it just like really relaxes me and like puts me like it just makes me like happy 
you know that's awesome so then that makes that gives me like enough energy alone to like to be like productive start, yeah then you start working and that feeds itself a little bit kind of gets you going during the day exciting and stuff like that yeah now i do have to be careful what with what kind of work i choose to do <laughs> while i take it because sure. uh, i do like for instance i probably wouldn't take one before we do a podcast right mm -hmm. now yeah because like my mind <laughs> wanders for sure really yeah yeah i'll just like i'll be zoning out and it's like five minutes go by i'm like damn wait i just like lost where i was at what was i what was i doing <laughs> yeah um so a little bit of that happens but i really enjoy like playing and like practicing yeah while i'm on it like not playing in like a real setting but just like alone by myself sure like flow state playing and stuff like that that's so much that's become like my favorite thing to do now nice yeah I, that was always my favorite part of weed was playing just because it, it just did feel like you could kind of you know maybe tap in or channel into some cool stuff but uh the rest of it got to be pretty not great so yeah you get in your head about things you all, mean, all you the can, time you know that's I, I feel you though like a little bit before i go on stage is pretty much the only thing i'll do nowadays like if you know if there's a rotation going or something i'll grab a little bit and kind of get into that flow state thing and then i play for about an hour hour and a half and then it pretty much recedes off because I only took a little bit anyway, and then I get off stage. I'm not all paranoid. It's like the best of both worlds. Yeah, exactly. It's great. Yeah. So. Well, cool. You've unlocked a new hack. Well, we'll see how long it lasts for. You know, everything <laughs> comes and goes. It yeah. feels like. You know. <laughs> uh, what's up with you? Um, had a busy weekend. A good weekend. It, it was like a very much. It. I was thinking about it. It felt like a very hired gun weekend, um, which I hadn't done a lot of those in a while. Um, played with Jeremy, Alex, and Hamby. Those are the same people, Alex and Hamby. KP, Jeremy, <laughs> and Alex. Um, Thursday at Southern Grill. And, like, put together a cool set list. A lot of transitions. It was all real smooth. Everyone kind of came in and executed. So it was a really fun gig. The grill's always fun to play. People came out and were checking it out. Yeah. Um, then we did FinFest with Kalani on Friday, which was uh, a blast. Had a pretty good turnout. It's it was raining right at the top of our set and then like it broke and the sun came out so like uh, that was fun like people kind of came out like as it was getting nicer um, and then hung out the rest of the day out there saw um, Babe Honey play with a bunch of our buddies um, uh, Monahan was on kit Elon was on guitar Jeremy Prince was on bass oh, and yeah. just like it was killing they played really well um, and saw like Max Danger do a set. Um, saw fortunate youth and swayze so like got to like hang out after we played that's playing first at the festival is always best you can get that out of the way and then just check it out the rest of the day so yeah for sure so that was a lot of fun and then saturday uh saturday and sunday i played with madison hughes and those sets went really well um the band was just really locked in all the rehearsals seemed to like work and everything um and the music was just like spot on uh, and everyone really delivered so that was a lot of fun uh just a great weekend of like really different stuff like southern rock fusion reggae and then like this soul blues country fusion it was just like all across the map but very very fun nice and then i woke up monday exhausted <laughs> i was like um just ready to to rest and reset after that yeah um, man. let's talk about that new alchematic release dude so i guess that's out now right yeah this is out yeah Thank you, everyone, for streaming and listening and checking it out. It's so weird to say when you pre-record this stuff. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, yeah man, it's uh, it's out. The 
the video and single have have dropped um and just the process of getting that out has been really cool but we've started like i guess now before it's officially out we started showing people um you know bits and pieces of the video and that's been received really well and it looks like phenomenal yeah i just showed anton a little 30 second teaser and yeah, Miles is uh, Miles Dante shot it for us. He's been a long time collaborator, guest, all that stuff, and uh, he's just real good at what he does. I mean, he gets the calls for the reason. So, Miles, you did awesome work. Shout out. Um, so, yeah, if you haven't checked it out yet and you're watching this episode, uh, open up a new tab, go watch that video, see what we're talking about, and then come finish the episode. Well, wait. What? I said, we'll wait. We'll wait. Yeah. Oh, we'll wait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought you said, well, comma, wait. As in like, no, don't do that. No. You should do that. Don't listen to it. <laughs> um, so um, just because we hadn't dropped the next single date, um, we'll I'll hold off on saying that now, but we've got another single right around the corner coming out, and then the full EP drops after that, and... We've got an EP release show that we're about to announce, and we're bringing a 13-piece band because we like pain. <laughs> um, it's But we just ironed out the whole set and set list and everything, so that show's going to be great. So keep your ears out for the next single, the EP drop, and the show. Um, we've reached out about some merch, some cool, um, some cool posters and stuff like that, so... It's all coming. It's coming right around the corner. That's so awesome. Keep man. your eyes out. It's it's almost here. Well, congratulations to you guys. That Thanks, process man. is wild and all the and just like I haven't seen the full video yet. By the time this comes out, I will have seen it, obviously. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, just hats off to obviously Miles for doing what he does, but you guys too for having the vision and executing, you know. Yeah, and really Chelsea did yeah. so much of that. Like she um you know, I've said it before, but like I really come into play with the musical vision and kind of helping piecing that together sonically. But when it came down to the visuals, Chelsea kind of spearheaded what that looked like, um, like where we would go. And then we collaborated on it from there. Like we kind of have this refining process, both musically and vision based where like the other will kind of, you know, kind of help round and critique whatever's going on. But like she had like the, the, the vision for the placement, how it was going to go. And then kind of worked with Miles on like, well, what makes sense here? What makes sense there? Choreographed her own dancing, which it's funny, you know, obviously we know her background and everything, but like there's musicians on the scene that don't know that that was her first discipline. And so like for KP, for example, I showed him and uh, she started busting out into some dance and he was just like, wait, what? <laughs> Where did this come from? So it's cool to like tie all these other elements in and like, you know, when it comes down to artistry being who you are like in all facets it was just it's cool to see so the whole team really just rose to the occasion it was it was awesome and there'll be more of that kind of stuff to come too so hell yeah just the beginning and now that covid's gone it won't take nearly as long to make albums yeah <laughs> we're all not so fucking you know wound up in the head so yeah um yeah that's the thing it started in summer of 2020 and here it is now three years later but those years don't count we all talk about <laughs> yeah. that like they're all that was pretty much one year. We'll, we'll say those year and a half, two years was one year. 
and then the the other half was another year. So yeah. it really wasn't that long if you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I'm convinced it was anyway. Oh, it must be nice to live in that world, huh? It is, man. <laughs> that's my world, and I'm living in it too. Yeah. Um. Well, congratulations, man, yeah, and thanks, we'll dude. we'll get you and Chelsea on here as well to talk about. Yeah, we'll everything. talk about the whole process. Uh, yeah. We'll go in a painstaking detail. We'll <laughs> give you every nook and cranny of. What? You got something to say? What you been up to this week, Melo? Uh, Melody can't, uh, people can't see her, I don't think, but she's hanging out by, uh, she uh, she's on there? Yeah. That's hilarious. She's just chilling with us. I like to bring her to the office sometimes. Mel, you got any hot takes this week? Get him, Mel. Get him. She's the worst guard dog in the world. All vibes, no thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, guys. Well, this week, again, we have John Deering, who's a great bass player. He was awesome to have on the show. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we got. I, I've never met John before. Did you know John? Um, you know, briefly, I filled in with Firewater from time to time, uh, but very, like, kind of on the gig you know, small talking, making the music happen. We, we hadn't really got to hang ever, you know? Yeah, it was, it's, it's, you never know how that's going to go when you've never met somebody before, but honestly having John on the show was so cool. He's a really genuinely mm -hmm. like good dude and um, really cares about what he does. And I think that really came through in this conversation. Totally. You know, and his first podcast too, which is cool. Cause that's also like, you're not sure how that's going to go. Totally. You just you know, it's, you can sit around and talk all day, but you put some cameras in people's face. You, you could clam up, you could shut down, but no, he just, he just wanted to hang and talk about the music and all that stuff. Yeah. And it was very cool. I really felt like we were having a genuine conversation. So we hope you guys enjoy it. Um, we have merchandise available on the store. The link is in the description. We've got some cool stuff where we're going to be announcing in the next couple weeks here with some uh, big guests and uh, some giveaway stuff. So we're excited about all that stuff we got in the works. So follow us, like, subscribe, share, all that good stuff. Let your friends know what we're doing and enjoy the episode above all else. This is Bottom of the Bill. Like just recently, you had um, Rambler Kane on. Yeah, that dude, I fucking love that guy. He's so cool, dude, man. He's fucking amazing. He's always at the. Uh, there's a place right over here called the Connex. Okay, that's where my um, my girl's band, the Blossom and Bone, they're at, and uh, they have shows almost nightly there. He's become a, a good friend of the show, yeah. and I, I just saw him a couple weeks ago. I went to go see him play. That's awesome, and. Uh, yeah, man, we got like an on, ongoing joke. Uh, is this rolling, by the way? Yeah, we're good. Oh, we're, cool. We got like an ongoing joke because uh, he mentioned something about Garth Brooks on our podcast, yeah. on our podcast, and then like, um, uh, and I'm not like a big Garth Brooks fan, yeah. so like now it's like a whole thing where like he'll tag me in stories about Garth Brooks, <laughs> and then I'll comment That's like, awesome. "Where are the bodies, Garth?" You know, shit like that. <laughs> yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, <laughs> that was that from that comedian Tom Segura. Yeah. yeah yep. Uh, bro, that's such, I don't know how familiar you are with all that stuff. Very familiar. But, but bro, is like, I mean, Garth Brooks, his net worth must have jumped oh, yeah. quite a bit just from Easy. that joke. And then he like blocked Tom Segura mm -hmm. and all the platforms and everything. Yeah, he apologized to him on uh, Rogan, I think. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. He did? <laughs> kind of. Yeah, it's like, it's like a Tom Segura yeah. apology. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> did you have, so how, have you kept up with that even like recently? No. There's like a further uh, bit now that like, 
apparently Garth Brooks, whenever people mention the whole Tom Segura thing, he's got the video of him breaking his arm on that basketball oh, dunk, the really bad one. And he just shows that to people now. And he's like, this is the guy that roasts me. And then he'll show him like getting fucked, just like breaking his arm and leg. No shit. Yeah. Garth is like, he's a savage. That's <laughs> he's, hilarious, that's bro. I love it. I love it. It's going to help both of them at the end of the day. Oh, yeah. So yeah. a little little friendly rivalry although it it's is a shame that he killed all those kids but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's the price of stardom i guess yeah he knows what he's doing yeah, yeah. for sure yep experienced uh well john thanks for being here today yeah. man Thank appreciate you, man. it how are you doing good good yeah uh you've been busy yeah yeah very busy not not so much with music lately but like i said i just started that band with um bradley yeah so we you know we've been trying to get as much music down as we can with that and then with bryce allister band we've been uh not playing that many shows lately but it's we're doing a lot of recording yeah and uh, a lot of writing i mean last night bryce came over and probably six seven songs that i've never played before and he, we just busted them out and dude it sounded amazing like amazing and it's all stuff that we're going to be doing on the recording and stuff like that so and he just had a kid so it's kind of that slows down a little bit, but at the beginning of the year, it's gonna it's gonna be on for us with Bryce. That's awesome, so, man! I'm yeah. excited to hear yeah, me too. what you guys are working on. Um, you guys played at Vuswar recently, right? Yeah. How did the show at Vuswar go? Good, really yeah. good. Yeah, the guy I can't remember his name that owns it, but man, he he's doing a lot for Atlantic Beach Music. Yeah. And have you been there before? Oh yeah, yeah, I've played there. A few I love times. that place. Yeah, I love that place. Yeah. There's always that one guy that that sometimes he has a white glove on and he just dances right in the middle of the floor. Nobody's Nobody's doing anything. He's just the only one there, just dancing. We yeah, love that guy. <laughs> um, it's a. I have a, um, a mixed feelings about yeah. Vuswar only because, and I, and I whatever this is out in the world. Yeah. But like you know, we just had a miscommunication on on money one time, yeah. and you know we ended up getting shorted, Ooh. and you know I had all the messages to prove what yeah. we had agreed on, and then it wasn't honored. Rough. So you know, I have mixed feelings about it. It's a shame because I think that what what I think they get good bands in there, and I oh, like yeah. that they're doing comedy nights and yeah. they're trying to like kind of create, cultivate an atmosphere t for creativity and arts. Oh yeah. Um. So it's a bit. It's it's kind of like, you know, I hate that I that that happened because I, then now I, I now I don't want to go and support even though yeah. they're doing cool shit. You yeah. Know what exactly. I mean? But I think for a while too they were like mixing. They didn't know if they were like a cover venue or like you know, a place to host events. And I know they've been leaning toward like the event thing. Mm -hmm. And like when you throw events, the money's kind of on you at that point, like selling tickets and things like that. I don't know. I'm hoping they've kind of like found a lane where they can like really thrive. Like you said, they're, they do some cool community stuff. They've thrown oh, yeah. a festival out there recently and things like that. Yeah, they did. And I, you know, I think if they kind of find that lane, you know, instead of kind of mixing the waters, that's just, that's hard to do being one or the other, you know, it's, it's not a good, not an easy thing to do. Not an easy, say. yeah, totally. It's yeah, for sure. But hey, I, I wish them all the best for sure. They got some competition now. Yeah, Bedlam. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to uh, George and Jesse George, Jesse, yeah. Jesse George, and all those guys. Like it's uh, I'm playing there. Well, this will be out. I mean, this will be out way way after. <laughs> but I'm playing there this Friday, and oh, then nice. I'm also playing there on the eighth of September. I think. Oh, okay. I'm like just putting together a band, and yeah. it should be pretty fun. How That's was awesome. it? <laughs> it was phenomenal. <laughs> Great turnouts. Awesome. Yeah. They paid me everything they told me they were going to pay me. And they turned the TVs off and everything? They turned the TVs wow, off that's and everything. So cool. That place is awesome. <laughs> Bro, um, 
But have you have you been you been? I I built some of it. Oh, you did? Yeah, I worked for Jesse George. He's got a uh, a um, a granite company, and so I worked for him doing the granite, and we installed all the bar and everything inside of there. And, oh, dude, that's yeah. so dope. Yeah, I, I love uh, that place. It's so cool, man. Yeah. I went there for the first time last week, and um, Glass Camels is playing, yeah. and um, I pulled up and I see like you know the the lights and like the little um, the kind of like outdoor section yeah. and then i see the band on the inside and i walk around the side and there's a food truck and mm -hmm. a little outdoor patio area yeah and the first thing instantly that i thought was like this place has a great flow oh yeah like you walk up you see the food truck right there when you go up mm -hmm. and then you just walk into the music you got the bar you yeah. the stage and then you walk outside and there's a little outside you know hangout area yep. it just had a great flow to it yeah he, he's i was there for the whole process of him doing i literally live right across the street like you walk right across Mayport and I'm right there. So I've watched it go from what was it before uh before it was Bedlam? Um they, they, uh I forgot the was name. Was it Mike doing work over there? The it was like a jerky thing or or I played there with the yeah. uh, corn dog a couple times. Oh, um is that where it's at? The um oh shoot, I forget the name of it too. Yeah, I can't remember. Oops. Yeah. Uh, well, you know. <laughs> That's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. It's exactly. Bedlam now, so it's Damn Bedlam. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. New staple. Yeah. And uh, yeah, man, I I just I, I love I love the flow. Um, we were saying something about it. I love uh, how creative Jesse is too. Oh yeah, he's got like this vision mm -hmm. that I think that I'm like super on board with. We've been oh, talking yeah. about stuff. I'm trying to get him to use bottom of the bill to uh, get him some uh, production content, That's video awesome. production work. <laughs> but awesome. uh, so we've been talking. He's we just been it's it's all just spitballing ideas. Yeah. But like, I love his vision for the place. I think more people, I would like to see more people in the arts in Jacksonville think like he does. Oh yeah. And not just think like he does, but then actually participate in the act. Like, because what he's talking about is a kind or the kind of events that happen in bigger cities, yeah, exactly. like New York and LA, yep. where they're like super immersive and they're they're like weird and, and like exactly, gets out yeah. there. And that's the kind of shit that Jacksonville is like lacking right now. Oh yeah, it is. And I love to hear him talk like that. Yeah, he's that, that dude. He's always at a festival in his mind. Yeah, like, always. <laughs> I can tell. And it's like he was telling me he's like, I want to have like a, a full band inside, and you know they're jamming out, and you walk outside, you can't hear them, and then all of a sudden there's an acoustic guy out there on the uh, putting green, and then you walk around back, and I got a drum circle going on. It's like it's like a little mini festival there all the time. I love so, it, man. Yeah, he's he's doing good things. Yeah, man. Um, I'm excited for what they do, and I hope that it succeeds. Yeah. You know, let's talk about Second Fiddle a little bit because yeah. I'm excited to, to see this project. Yeah, Bradley too. talks real highly of, of all oh, you yeah. guys, and he's he's super stoked on the project too. Yeah. How'd you guys uh, start this? So, um, like I was telling you, my girl's band Blossom and Bone. We went to Kelly Parody's uh, Christmas party, mm. and um, so they wanted they wanted to like kind of jam bush it and see if Kelly would let them them play in the backyard in between uh, Bonnie Blue and Firewater. And so she was like, of, of course. So she sat up there and was playing, and I'm standing next to the fence watching. Bradley comes up. He's like, dude, I've been wanting to talk to you forever. I was like, what's up? And he's like, dude, please play bass for me. I've got the side project. It's going to be Paul. It's going to be Dan. He's like, I really, I really need an upright bass player. Please play for me. I was like, hell yeah, dude, of course. And about a week later, he calls me, and we set up a practice, and we got – a book full of songs now and you know gigs on the uh, calendar and so that's awesome man I'm, I'm excited to sell for it it's it's uh 
it's different than what I'm doing in a Bryce band, but it's, it, man, it's just, it's fun. Are you guys all writing together in this project? It's mainly uh, Bradley and Dan. Dan's got a, a whole songbook of, of music, just his original stuff. And uh, and Bradley's doing all the stuff he wants to do in Bonnie Blue but can't. Right, you know? right. So he's, it's, and, and then a shit ton of covers, but, and a lot of the covers I'd really never even heard of. I feel bad saying that, but, you know, I just never even heard of them. And now, now I'm playing them. It's, it's so much fun. It's right up my alley. It's right, it's right how I play and everything. So it's, it's perfect. What kind of stuff are you guys covering? Um, like Tyler Childers, which I've heard his name, but never listened to his music before until Bradley and a lot of Grateful Dead and really a lot like, uh, that folk folk kind of style of music okay and then of course with bradley we got a lot of a lot of dead stuff so. yeah definitely i can see that yeah. um I, it's funny i uh i wrote we played you guys might have been at that festival too with firewater it was um it was probably like 2019 2018 maybe what was that one down in fort pierce um oh, yeah bonnie blue was on it also mm -hmm. side hustle played yep. um and i can't remember what it's called right now it was with uh it was with uh, Al Beltran and yeah. uh, and uh, uh, it's kind of on that li that little island almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Anyways, uh, Riley and I, uh, everybody else in the band uh, in Side Hustle wanted to leave after our set. Yeah, so I wanted to stay and hang out with everybody. So I chilled, and then Bradley took me home back to Jack's that night, and we rode up all the way, and we're just like ch talking shit, and he played. Um, a lot of uh, uh, little feet yeah. and uh, a lot of dead, yep. like but like early little feet, and then like just a whole, this, all this dead stuff oh, yeah. that I'd never been hip to either. One of the, yeah. I mean the yeah. dead, but like B side shit. You yeah, know? exactly. And then like little feet, I I listened to but like never really like. Yeah. But, but he was showing me like this one particular album, and I was like, holy shit, bro, this is like phenomenal. And then yeah. we just talked the whole time and we got to That's like awesome. know each other. Yeah. It's a, he's a good dude, man. He is. He's man. He's awesome. I love him. Um, and Tyler Childers, bro. I fucking love him. It's awesome. Uh, how, like how deep have you gone with him? Uh, just, just the songs that we played. Okay. And, uh, but I, I've, I've recently been, you know, I, I hear a song. I'm like, okay, that is Tyler Childers. You know, I didn't, I just knew the song. I didn't know who, who was playing it, but Man, that guy's awesome. He's that such a great is, writer, man. Yeah, his yeah, lyrics, amazing. Yeah, yeah. really, <clears throat> really keeping that genre alive. Yeah, I mean, like I feel like the country Americana stuff is just so pigeonholed with like modern pop country, and mm -hmm. he's just what like he and like Jason Isbell are like the dudes that are like carrying the torch for that Sturgill stuff. Sturgill Simpson, Sturgill. There's a whole underground. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. He like I was kind of late to the game too because I think you started covering one of his tunes. Yeah. And I think that's really where I put like two and two together was hearing you cover his stuff and then went down the rabbit hole. I was like, oh shit, I slept on this guy, man. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, it's it's hard. I would imagine for like an emerging country artist that's trying to do, that's trying to stay as close to tr the traditional sound because right now the landscape and pop culture yeah. is pop country and yeah. it's not my thing I particularly. Because it's so, that's what like everyone's going for right now in yeah. the mainstream. I would imagine that it's really hard to sell yourself as like a traditional oh, country artist. Be. Yeah, it's gotta be. You know, I feel like it's such a good payoff though in the long run. It's one of those things. It's like you just bet on it being good, and good is just timeless. You know, it's like yeah, it's not gonna sell a lot of records now, but people will still listen to it in twenty or thirty years. Where this flash in the pan stuff 
is just going to be gone. I yeah, mean, you get a you get the staying power, you know, yeah, and the longevity in a career, which sometimes yeah. is like a slow burn. As long as you're willing to just be like, you know what, I believe in this stuff and I know it's good. Sure, it doesn't get the recognition. Just grip it and rip it. You know, it's like this will pay off. Yeah, totally. All right, guys, this episode's brought to you by Best Buds CBD Store. If you're like me, maybe THC isn't always the right high for you. Or maybe the legal status of THC has you a bit hesitant to indulge. So at Best Buds CBD Store, they have an array of CBD and Delta 8 THC products. These guys truly care about their service, so everything is meticulously sourced and prepared to deliver a top-notch product and experience. If you head to their website, you'll find all kinds of educational information regarding Delta THC and CBD, uh, not to mention if you use promo code BOTBPOD, that's B-O-T-B-POD, you'll save 10% on your order. This is not a one-time deal. If you use promo code BOTBPOD, every time you place an order with Best Buds, it will give you 10% off. That's in perpetuity forever. So head over to Best Buds cbdstore.com and start saving on all of your cbd and delta a products enjoy guys so second fiddle comes out of you leaving firewater or is this kind of no like the bryce allister band came out of me leaving firewater okay okay because yeah. once the uh once the pandemic hit you know i got a my, my girl's got a, a couple kids and one of them was sick like we we're actually out in destin uh, when I was with Firewater uh, playing out there, and uh, a few of us went on this, uh, was it offshore fishing charter? Okay. And uh, one of my girl's kids got like really, really sick. And then we get back, and when we get back to Jacksonville, that's when COVID happened. So we're freaking out like, oh shit, our, our girls got COVID. And oh, shit, I mean, man. it's right at the beginning. So I decided, you know, I'm not going, I'm not leaving the house, I'm not doing anything. And that's kind of what broke up the fire water with me and uh so i immediately called bryce because me and bryce had just played together because um dave was in jail for a little bit mm. so we had bryce fill in for us for a few shows and so the first time i i met bryce we were in the parking lot and he's like i got a couple songs let's play him and me and him just clicked like his his style of playing just was exactly of my style of playing he's he came from being a drummer and i came from being a drummer so like we have that percussive style of playing yeah and so man me and him just clicked so right when you know this whole firewater thing happened i was just like bryce I i've got to call him i called him up he's like fuck yeah dude i definitely i want to have you and at the time he had uh ernie douglas okay playing bass for him and uh, he's he's always wanted to play guitar so he's like i'll just move ernie to guitar and he's like you know come over tomorrow we'll practice and it was just it was magic i I fucking loved it. I loved every bit of it. And you guys have been writing together as well. So yeah. like this new project that you're working on is like very collaborative. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, he seems like the kind of guy that fosters that kind of he does. Uh, environment. He does. Very family oriented oh, and yes. um, really takes care of his people. He does. Yeah. I mean, he's he's amazing, amazing dude. And yeah. Like even when I when I first joined, you know, I've I've heard stories about Bryce being this wild, crazy dude, and you know, he was breaking guitars on stage and just. But he was just, you know, the alcohol got him. And so yeah, he's been sober over a year now. And That's awesome. I mean, the guys. But I never saw that side of him, you know. Like, even when he was drinking, he was just, he was an awesome, always about his family and, and music. And that was it. And the dude wake up, he'd write two or three songs every day. He's got just millions of songs. Like Fuck, dude. It's insane. He just, uh, it's all he does is write. I wish I had that like in me like that I no got joke it's a chore for me yeah i don't know about the rest of y'all but like i have to really think about it you know there's times where it hits me 
um, where I, where like that I'm just I'm feeling it and it'll just come out of me. Yeah. Um, but I mean that's maybe two or three times a year, <laughs> and the rest of the time I have to really like sit down and, and force yeah. it, you know. So for me, writing I wouldn't call it a chore because um, I don't like to think of it that way because I won't do it. But I know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? Maybe that's not the right word, but it's you know it's work. I should say that. It's yeah. like you know, whereas like you know, shedding you know a solo or a scale is like that's natural. Whereas like really constructing something takes just you know. But some people write songs just like I would you know do a solo. They'll just sit there and go. Yeah, it's as easy as that, you know? I feel like I was better at it when I was younger. That's Mm -hmm. that's how Bryce is. Yeah, it's insane. Do you find yourself in the same kind of way? Like, you just get inspired, like, consistently and just comes out of you? Pretty much, yeah. That's awesome. I I mean, I can't can't write any lyrics. I think I've written one song in my life, and, like, the worst thing I've ever heard, you know, it was was bad. (laughs) It was real bad, but, like, just with, with Bryce, he just, he comes up with something, and he brings it to me, and just give them what I know. And, you know, I don't, I'm not, I don't know much about music as far as like theory and all that, but you know, I've been playing for over 20 years now and you know, I just, I, I hear what, what he's trying to do. And I just try to give that to him. And, you know, like last night we had a, we had a breakthrough in one of the songs that we were recording right now. And we just can't figure out the bass part for it. We just couldn't, couldn't do it like four or five different styles of, of the way that we had to play it. And, you know, I was playing a regular bass, which, I've never really done. I've always played the upright, and and last night we just fucked around and came up. It would just hit us, and it was perfect. What's that transition like coming from upright to electric bass? It's difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Did you find it? Um, I because like obviously going from like playing electric bass to upright yeah. seems like almost impossible chore. It oh, must, yeah. There must be some kind of. Uh, because you're not having to like press as hard in the strings, and yeah, it's exactly. like a, the technique is just a little, uh, obviously, a lot different. Oh yeah. Did you find that there were aspects of it that that were a little bit easier for you, or is just the whole thing was just a total mind fuck? It was. It wasn't too bad. You know, I I play a little guitar, and uh, so I, you know, I I understand that the fingering up here and and like rhythm down here, but what I'm always used to playing is I'm just I'm used to slapping the hell out of my my fingerboard. Oh, and, I see. Yeah. And so you can't do that on a regular bass, right. you know, it's, it's, it's moving your fingers. So I spent a lot of time just sitting on my bed with a, a, just a regular little bass and just, you know, messing around and trying to get my fingers to move. And then, you know, Bryce, when we were started doing that recording, Bryce was like, why don't you try the regular bass? So I did that and it was hard. It was, it was real hard. Yeah. But I don't, I don't see myself doing it on stage much, but definitely for the recording, we're going to have a, have a couple, couple songs that are, regular bass okay so you're bringing the upright to to bryce's band then mm-hmm. he wasn't it because it wasn't upright before kind of uh, there was a there was a few songs that ernie would play upright on but a lot of it's regular bass but I, i'm straight upright the whole time okay that's awesome and how does yeah. that because I, I know that the music is like kind of more like like rock and roll right mm-hmm. yeah it's blues rock and and we got you know some country western stuff but a lot of it's real bluesy and and rock and roll and I mean, I, I don't I don't see anybody playing upright on blues or rock. No, you know, not the at way all. That he does, and it's it's challenging, but it's, it's fun, man. Because I blew up, I I grew up on rock and roll, so like we're playing stuff that I've always listened to, and 
now I get to figure it out on an upright, which to me is, is it's challenging, but it's fun, you know. Yeah, it's a whole different pers- it's a whole different approach because yeah. it wasn't written for the upright. No, not at all. So you have to figure out like, okay, how does this motion make sense for yeah. me now? Um, I want to go back to something you said a few minutes ago. I kind of want to unpack. Um, what about this? The one song that you wrote, do you think was bad? Just the way the lyrics were put together, you mm-hmm. know, just. I'm not I'm I'm not real good with coming up with lyrics, you know, like the how how a song flow like Bryce will write a song in a minute and I'm like how you know, how how did you come up with that like but after after playing with him for a while I understand where he gets it all from but I just couldn't figure out how to write a song lyric-wise, you know, it's just not it's not in me. Do you think that if it was, it's something that you spent more time with and like nurtured probably. it you could probably get yeah. it down? Yeah. Uh, Lyrics are are tricky because like there's this, you want to get your point across, but you want to say it in a way that's not so obvious and on the nose, but then it's got to, you need like a certain amount of syllables to fit a phrase and, you know, so there's a lot, it gets to be tricky. Um, That's the, that's the part. I feel like when I do it, I can do it well, Yeah. but because I'm so like neurotic about lyrics, Uh, that uh, it I find that I end up giving up on so many ideas just because I can't get the lyrics. Yeah, out exactly. Right, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you typically like to write about? If if you're gonna like, what, so like that song in particular, like what was it about? Like the context. Well, at that point in my life, I was uh, I was living in a, a extended stay hotel in Orlando. Mm. I was going to uh, motorcycle school for Harley's down there, and didn't have any money like my my car broke down i was driving just a motorcycle from jacksonville to orlando every day and or every uh every weekend Oof, and staying out there yeah and it was just it was just rough and so basically the song was was about that like just trying to trying to make it through a a, a shitty college that now i don't even use you know right so that was and i i, I kind of at that time i you know i was thinking like what am i doing like I love motorcycles. I, I love riding, but I'm really not passionate about working on them, you know, and I'm going to a school to learn how to work on it. So it was kind of a song about that. Mm, okay. it, just, it didn't come together well at all. <laughs> yeah, so. I totally relate to that. <laughs> Is it something that you think you might come back and try and like revisit at some point? You're mm-hmm. just like, you, you yeah. probably don't connect to it anymore. No, right? Not, yeah, not really. Yeah. So you're a mechanic then as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and then, and, What's the uh, and then the other, you're a contractor on top of that? Yeah, I just I install granite okay. and all that stuff. So. Got you. Yeah. And are like these things that you find like an equal passion for for music? No, music's my my main passion. Okay, like, and, you know, like I said, I went to motorcycle school, and um, about a year after graduating and getting a job at a Harley dealership, I was on my way to a, a gig in Firewater. We were playing on a boat. And uh, wrecked my motorcycle and shattered my ankle, and yeah, you know, so I was, I wasn't out for a while because I I literally played a dozen shows in a wheelchair with my foot up and my bass across my lap, but you know, Fuck, and man. so I work I I got healed up and worked for Harley for about five years, and uh, the fifth year I I got a uh, really good deal on getting my ankle actually fixed because they were talking about cutting it off. I went, oh, to, no I went yeah, I went to two different doctors and they were telling me, you know, it's it's fucked, we gotta cut it off. And I was like, well, I almost came to terms that all right, I'm about to lose a foot. And and I started dating this chick and her mom worked at the Mayo Clinic and 
she said that she can get me in there with the the best you know foot doctor in in the world and I was like well you know let's do it and so he fixed my ankle and the recovery process I had to take off for like six months at work and at that time I decided I was like you know what I don't want to do Harley's no more I want to fucking I want to do this music full time and so after after that I just that that was my dedication music full time so that's awesome yeah you know, and well I mean once COVID happened it kind of dwindled off a little bit so I had to get a real job and Okay, so you you were playing full time before oh, yeah. COVID. Yeah. Okay, and and was Firewater your main gig? That yeah, was the only thing. The I only had, thing you yeah. were doing. And so, I, so now you're working uh, after COVID. You're working like a regular job, mm-hmm. and, and then you're playing with Bryce and mm-hmm. Second Fiddle now. Um, was was the the schedule of Firewater once COVID kind of like subsides? Was that like a big part of leaving, or was was there like creative differences, or what happened with that? It you was don't just mind? yeah. Difference in lifestyle, pretty much. Okay. You know, it's just we kind of got to a boiling point with me and a few members in the band, and just that whole COVID thing just, you know, popped it off. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. COVID, you know, I mean, not to beat a dead horse with it, but I mean, it's like, yeah. you know, it, it tried a lot of relationships. It, it definitely did. You know, um, Side hustle ultimately, you know, I think disbanded because of, yeah. of it. And, you know, there's a lot of bands that didn't make it through. No, not at all. Interpersonal relationships, you know, girlfriends and mm-hmm. friends and just you're 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 trapped, you're stressed. Yeah. There's like there's money issues, there's just like there's a lot and then you're just you're with somebody like yeah. that all the time. Exactly. And I can imagine you know, and then you know, I I know for myself, I started pick, my my bad habits got infinitely worse yeah. during COVID. Oh yeah, you know, and I became like you know, it kind of set the tone for who I became the next mm-hmm. three years until you know I started making some changes recently. So I totally get that, man. Yeah. Are you still on good ter- terms with those guys? Or yeah, yeah, most of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel you. No, no, we're good. Yeah. yeah. It's it's hard, man. Those are like you know, those are family yeah. ties. I feel like when you get that involved oh, yeah. with people. I mean, I was uh, I've been playing music with Dave almost twenty years now. Really? So, yeah. Because me, him, and Chris had a, a punk rock band before Firewater, and uh, I don't know if you remember Jay. He was our mandolin player in Firewater. Okay. The little guy. He um uh, he was in that band as well, and we did. Uh, we were called the Hopeless. And we were a punk band. I was a drummer. Dave was bass player, and Chris was like the singer. And so, I mean, we did that for a good five, six years, and and that kind of dwindled off. And we acquired an upright, and me and Dave just decided, you know, let's fuck around with this upright, see what we can do. And that's how Firewater started. So, wow, yeah, it was that was a lot of a lot of fun times with that thing. I'll bet, man, that must have been. I mean, even before COVID, that, I mean, that, you guys are road dogs. Oh yeah. I mean, like right. hitting every gig and just all over the place and just do, I mean, they're still going at it, but I mean, um, you know, it's, it's been like a constant thing. Yeah, yeah it has. What is, uh, what was kind of, what was that like from its inception to the point where you left? Like what were, what was kind of like the mindset of how you tackled gigging and, and what was like the dream overall, do you think? My dream was just to just, it still is just to play music. You know, I want to. I don't want to make it huge, you know. I don't. I don't want to be rich and famous. I just want to play music the rest of my life, you know. Yeah. And you know, being on the road is one of my favorite things to do. And you know, I'm, I know right now I gotta buckle down and work to to make it to make all that happen. But you know, my end goal is just to be a musician. I and mean, that's 
that's all that's all I've I've set my 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 goals to once especially once I wrecked my motorcycle and decided I didn't didn't want to do Harley stuff anymore it was like you know full on music so that's awesome yeah. man I feel that for sure um I want to go back to like you know way early in your life oh, and yeah. talk about like what got you inspired like what were you listening to coming up what was like what were you growing up with and what inspired you to pick up you know music in the first place well since i was i mean real young it's been me and my dad my whole life and uh he's always he's always been the, the partying type okay. so you know when i was young i'd always be at the bars and and you know shows or or parties and stuff like that and there's you know back the late 80s early 90s there's always bands just like there is now but there's always like rock and roll bands at everywhere you go and <clears throat> my dad he was he was good friends with uh one of the guys in 38 special okay and so we'd watch them a lot and you know i told my dad i was like man i, I really want to play music and so he bought me a guitar one one year when i was I don't know, nine ten years old and uh tried to get guitar lessons from uh <clears throat> god i can't remember his name he was in 38 special he lived out here at the beach but i, I can't remember his name eric lundgren that's who it was. oh okay yeah. and uh i went over his house at to get some guitar lessons and walk in the house and right to the right was this massive drum set. I was like, I want to play that. And so I, my dad and him just sat there and bullshit and I just got behind the drums and just, you know, messed around and really didn't even pick up the guitar that, that much at all. And a couple of years later, my dad bought me a, a drum set. And so I just sat there and just played my little heart out. And I think the first song I learned was uh, December by, um, God damn, I can't remember their name. December. Collective Soul. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. It was just a simple little drum beat, but I learned that whole song through all the way through, and, and it just it got me hooked on on playing drums. And then I kind of got into, uh, into cars after that once I turned 16 and did the car club thing for a little while and started working at this place called Dick's Wings. Yeah. And I was dating this one girl and told her, I was like, man, I've always wanted to play drums. I had one when I was younger, and she's like, well, my brother's got a drum set, and He's been wanting to get rid of it, so she called him up, and he brought his drum set over and his guitar amp. He's like, "Let's jam." He's like, "All right." And so he, you know, he write he wrote a few songs, and it's it's Jay from Firewater, little little Jay Dopke, and so we started a little uh, little punk band. So Dave came over, and he's like, "I'll jam with you guys," and so we just got that whole thing going. I just I played drums as 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 good as I could for a punk band, you know. Yeah, and, and then uh, you know the punk punk thing kind of faded out a little bit around that time it was probably like 2007 8 something like that and you know, like, I, like i said we get acquired that bass and just took a left turn and started playing bluegrass music yeah i'm curious as to well yeah because i mean i guess like punk to bluegrass kind of makes sense yeah. in the landscape let i mean certainly there's overlap um i think like with that that i noticed like like you know years ago where there's like this kind of I don't know what you'd call it, but there's definitely this kind of punk edge yeah. with a bluegrass yeah, like punk grass. Yeah, punk grass. Okay, yeah. that's why. I, okay, yeah. that makes sense. <laughs> um, and but like, did you grow up with like punk music, or is that just something you kind of fell into? Just fell into it. Wow. I mean, literally, the the only thing that that like the Bryce Allister band is the only band where I've like that's what I listened to as a kid, and that's what I listened to growing up is this type of music. And yeah. So I think that's why it was so easy just to to fall into Bryce's music is because, I mean, that's what I grew up to, you know? So this is something I'm fascinated by because I have like a similar thing where um, the music 
that inspires you is not necessarily the music that you were playing yeah. early on, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of not the norm for most people. Yeah. Most people pick up an instrument and they start to play what they want and exactly. they join bands like that. What about, it, it must have just been the pure like joy of playing music. It didn't really matter what it was, yeah. right? Because I mean, you you had to stay inspired and didn't really, but you didn't care. It didn't matter what you were playing. Mm-mm. You just you were just playing music. Oh yeah. Did you fall in love with those genres of music? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah for sure. I mean, I, that, you know, No Effects was one of my favorite punk bands. But before I started playing punk rock music, I didn't know anything about them. Yeah. You know, like I just I just knew what my dad listened to, and that was it. So like, but now I I love punk rock music. You know, it's just playing it has made me love it. And then going to Firewater, we you know we played a lot of a lot of bluegrass and and folk and all that. And which you know, it, I, there's so much so much different types of music now that that especially Firewater, the you know what we did and got involved with it just opened my my whole outlook on on what's out there. And so now I mean I I love all kinds of music now. You know I'm not. Not set to one thing. You know, punk rock still is kind of the main thing I do listen to. Just, okay. You know, especially if I'm working or, you know, driving or something like that. But I really don't miss, listen to music much when I drive anymore. But I feel that, bro. Yeah. People think I'm fucking nuts for that. But it's like, I don't know. If I'm driving, I like a podcast or audio book or something. Just <laughs> to kind Silence, of even. Silence, like, even, too, yeah. man. Especially after a gig, forget about it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I just want to hear the tires on the road. Yep. Or if it's raining, let me hear those raindrops exactly, in the window, bro. Yeah. I love that shit. Exactly. I don't need to hear anything. It was funny because, like, Billy and I always had this huge... Billy, I don't know if you're familiar. Billy is a keyboard player in my band, yeah. Side Hustle. Yeah. So um, when we were on the road... Or even just like playing, you know, gigs around town. If we rode together or whatever, yeah. He just his brain from the second he wakes up to the second he goes to sleep is just on, yeah. And he doesn't want to be alone with his thoughts oh, for a yeah. minute, so he just needs music constantly <laughs> yep. going. Yeah. So we'd be like after a gig, like if we were like in Asheville and we had to drive home after the gig or something, he just and he's usually driving overnight, so we let him call whatever he wanted to call yeah. at that time. He'd just be blasting fucking, you know, EDM <laughs> at like, you know, just I'm sitting there like, dude, we just played at a fucking music mm-hmm. hall with like three other bands. Ears are ringing. Ears are ringing. Yeah. I've been like running merchandise and fucking talking to people <laughs> yeah. all night. I'm like, I, I just had to settle up with the people. Like, it's just yep. all this shit's been happening. Oh, and yeah. now we finally get into the van. It's peace yep. and quiet. And then. <laughs> yeah, then he throws a rave. Yeah, I'm like, dude, he's like, no, fucking, you just gotta get it. Which I, yeah, I love the spirit of it. Yeah, right. Oh yeah, it's so like innocent and happy. It is. But I'm like, dude, I can't. Like, I'm like, I just it kills I'm the same me. way. I, I got it. I, I got to be like just silence or you know a podcast, just something, something real calm because it, it's it's rough, especially driving for hours. I you know I drove 99 percent of the time in Firewater, so I'm just I'm constantly driving and. and I didn't want to listen to music. I, you know, like we really listen to podcasts every now and then, but a lot of times it was quiet. Yeah, you know? and it, that's it's peaceful as hell to me. Totally. You know, it's there's also like this element. Like I'll speak for myself on this. Maybe you guys can relate. But like when music takes up so much of your mental real estate yeah. and your life, like when you're gigging and rehearsing and yeah. writing and or in the studio, whatever it might be. It's like sometimes you just you need a break from oh, yeah. it, and like if I don't, if I'm not playing it or, or anything, I, sometimes I just don't. I don't need to hear it. It's like I'm constantly thinking Same about here. it, 
and like Same how I'm like what all the things I should be doing that I'm not doing or mm-hmm. the things that I am doing that maybe it's just it's it's always music it whether is. it's business or it's music it's all related to music in my head yep. yeah. so I need a distraction <clears throat> like music for me is unfortunately not become a leisurely activity yeah it's like it's a very active intent oh, experience yeah. for me yeah my fingers are always you know all the time my, my girl's like what songs in your head I'm like Nothing really. I'm just I'm I'm tapping. I'm you know I'm thinking about what I what I did on stage the other night or you know just a new little thing. It's just you know it's it's always in my head. But I definitely don't want it over here too and over there and yeah. You know, it's it's like it's overwhelming. Yeah, man. Or like when people have it on like loud at parties and stuff and like it could be anything. It doesn't even matter because like yeah. like for me I can you know there's music obviously that I, I just that I, that I intrinsically love yeah but then there's everything else that i can find the thing to appreciate about yeah. it you know so if it's on people will be talking to me and all of a sudden like i'll catch something oh that was a really interesting spot for that melody <laughs> and then yeah. you're and then you get distracted or i'll call it out while yeah. someone's talking to me i'm like i'm sorry just it's hard for me because yeah. i'm this is what i'm paying attention to yeah. i could literally care less about what you have to say at the exactly. moment exactly <laughs> you guys feel that at all oh, oh yeah yeah all the time yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's what you gonna do. Sorry about it. Yeah. You know? uh, sorry, I don't care about what your cat ate for breakfast today. <laughs> I wanna, I wanna like, I wanna also preface that by saying that I do genuinely enjoy human interaction. Oh yeah, yeah, me too. And conversation, but it's like there's sometimes when when like the music is competing, or if I'm at a show, dude. Yeah. If like my friends are playing, or if I'm just seeing a band, yeah, like please let's not have a conversation at that I time. Hate that so much. I swear. I, hate that. I mean, how has no one picked up on that? Honestly, at this point, like if you're watching music, yeah, it's it, the social part happens before and after. Yeah, like or on the set breaks. If something cool happens, be like, yeah, right, and you're like, yeah, that's the most I want to exactly, do. Exactly. That's yeah. it. Not being like. So where are we going after this? Like I don't fucking think about it. Yeah. <laughs> you tell me in forty minutes. And it's it's know? it's also like it, and it's why I would get like, at nineteen oh four rest in peace. Yeah. I would go and hang out in the sound booth with Eric all night. Yeah, because he's working. Because he's, he's working. He's not talking to your ass. I don't get, he literally doesn't even want anyone to bother him. No. I was like come up there and be like, "What's up, bro? Give him a quick dap." Yep. And I just sit there and watch the show all night. And it's the best sound oh, in the room. Bet. You know. So you're just like you're like yeah, this is where I need to be. And then you know whatever. You go and mingle afterwards. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, man, that shit drives me crazy. Yeah, yeah. I don't like it. I, we just went and saw uh, Ben Prestige. and Oh, nice. How was that? Yeah, it was amazing. Amazing. Yeah. There's a, I can't remember the place that he played at. It was up in Georgia. A really, really, really cool venue. And uh, Ben came up to me and showed me this guitar that he just built with a uh, uh, alligator skull inside of it. And uh, the top strings, just a bass string, and then he's got three uh, three guitar strings on the bottom. Oh, that sounds dope. That thing was amazing, like amazing. He built it himself. Yeah. Oh, that's super yeah. cool. He's still he's still in the middle of building it, but it's able to be played. So. Oh man. Yeah. I wish I had that skill. Dude, it's amazing. He gets it from his dad. You could probably pull some shit like that off. I could try. Yeah, <laughs> I could definitely try. I'm sure you, there's like a an understanding of like you know geometry mm-hmm. that I'm sure you kind of have at this point. Oh, and yeah. then like you've probably done a lot of woodwork in your like you know in like your field. Yeah, definitely construction. Yeah, yeah. you know. So it's like I, I used to work. I did. I had a brief stint of it. I worked at a music store in South Florida, and I did. They hired me to come on to handle customer service yeah. stuff like online. 
and guitar repairs. Oh, nice. And I was like, dude, I can't even, I could hardly work a drill. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> so the guy like kind of mentored me a little bit. The guy who was leaving, he was a luthier there, um, or he was a repair guy there. And so he kind of mentored me and man, I w- just not good at it. Yeah. <laughs> like it, I mean, I could probably get there if I cared enough about it or if I like, you know, hadn't had more time, but I swear just like an example it was like one time I was, uh, I used to like build these, you know, parts guitars for yeah. people. They'd come in and bring the bodies and the necks and all that. And you'd assemble them. For those who don't know, you'd assemble them. You'd drill the holes and like, then you'd put the pickups in and install everything. And so one time I was, um, I had to Dremel something. I forget what <laughs> it was. I think it was like the the piece, uh, like where you put the, the, the socket for the, you know, yeah. the, the quarter inch and all that. So... <laughs> I go to drill it in there and I'm not paying attention. And instead of like holding the drill in place, I grab the Dremel itself and I and it's fucking wrecked the palm of my hand. Oh man. Uh, And I had a gig that night too. Oh man. So I had to play a gig with a fucking wrecked hand. Oh, that sucks. It's just like, I don't have the the awareness yeah. to handle tools. It's dangerous. You sound like Corndog. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, he's at least he's good at what he does, bro. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He yeah. <laughs> he's good at putting holes in his hand. He's got holes in my wall, too, while we're at it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, bud. He also patched them up, though, so. He's almost done. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's almost done. <laughs> Any day, bud, you know where we're at. Yeah. <laughs> Love you, bro. I actually got some stuff in my truck that I can fix that. So. Oh, really? <laughs> 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 Never mind. We got John Deering, bro. Don't worry about it. <laughs> where where did uh uh do you remember the city that Ben was in? Uh it was Georgia. Um God damn, I can't remember the name of the, the place. It was a huge, huge like restaurant and they just um they just added this big old back half to it with a giant stage and a uh, you know full sound and, and, and everything. And it's uh Was it Savannah or like Tifton or God damn, I can't I I was so high. Okay. <laughs> Me and my girl smoked so much on the way there, I couldn't remember. I was. Uh, I'm always looking for. I'm always just looking for new venues. And I'll also, send you the link. They because yeah. they. Uh, I talked to the owner, and they're 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 hurting for for musicians up there. Okay. And it's. I mean, it it wasn't but like an hour and a half drive, so it's it's not far from here. But they, you know, they pay real well, and they got a, a really good crowd every night there. So awesome. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, Ben's amazing, but. He didn't have to bring anybody. There was there was a full crowd there for him all night long. That's so, awesome. Yeah, they they're, they're doing something good right there. They just don't have a lot of musicians that that they want in there. Like she was telling me, it's just a it's it's all the same kind of country artist. You know, it's the same same song every time. Just different musician coming through there, and they want they want more rock and roll and 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 bluegrass and you know basically all the stuff we got here in Jacksonville. So, right. So. Man, I, it always baffles me when uh, I see people opening up like dope venues like yeah. that in small towns, though. Yeah, because it's oh, like, yeah. in order for a venue to succeed, like there's there's accurate data out there to yeah. show you what kind of market you need to be in oh, yeah. to sustain a venue of X cap size, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're building, and I don't know what that venue the cap is. It's I mean, it sounds like it's a big split it's space a few outdoor, hundred. Yeah. few hundred. Yeah. I mean, you know. We we see it here. Nineteen oh four had a shutdown. That, that's like you know four or five hundred cap if yeah. they really wanted to, and didn't it didn't. Sur- I mean, it lasted a while, but they had to shut it down eventually. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't I don't want to speculate on 
on why as far as like the competition with underbelly yeah. but the rooms are you know kind of the same size yeah so like i would imagine that you know a market of you know a million people which is jacksonville probably couldn't sustain more than one of those venues oh easily you know so yeah. i would so it's it's i'm curious as to when people open up those venues in smaller towns like how they're able to, to either they're the only game in town yeah or or I don't know. That must be the only thing that keeps him going. I think I think it is because I mean it's definitely. It was in a small town, and like, I mean it's it's just it's a huge place. And I was talking to Ben about it, and he said he played there before they did that big uh, addition on the back, and it was still you know just always packed. And he played in a in a little corner of a room there that he had there. So like I mean it, they're they're doing something good there, but. They just don't have the good musicians to come through yet. Yeah, so. it takes time to get all that it stuff, does. you know. And you it get definitely you start to get the regional bands and all that stuff, and yeah. you build it, you know. Well, that sounds awesome. They got Ben though, so yeah. Um, where is he out of? He's out of um, South Florida, uh, Fort Pierce. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah. I think I think I met him. I want to say I met him at uh, Wani one Probably. year. I don't know, yeah. but. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, he was. If it's the same person I'm thinking of, he's a tremendous talent, man. Oh, he's insane. Yeah, he plays a damn closet door. Yeah, <laughs> is he really? Yeah, it's literally it's a closet door with one string on it, and he calls it the diddly bow. The diddly bow, oh, dude. It's <laughs> it, it's insane. I, my my girl's got a video of it on her Facebook from when we were just there. It's the guy's amazing. He's just insane. Yeah, and, and his brother's amazing too, John Prestige. Uh, I know that name, Johnny yeah. Debt. Okay, yeah, yeah, that I definitely... He plays at Flies Tie a lot. Okay. And so does Ben, but... Gotcha. Yeah, they're both from Fort Pierce area. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so have do you, have you ever thought about doing luthier work? Is that something you ever might want to do? Not not really. I mean, I, my bass, I literally cut a big hole in the side so that I can put an, an extra sound post in it, and I put spray foam on the inside, so, like, I don't think I'd be that good at it, you know? <laughs> I, 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 can ma- I can make it make something sound a little better if i need to but i don't know about building them yeah, yeah. it's it's a whole there's a whole thing to it man it's yeah. art oh, yeah. form oh yeah so I, when i was doing the repairs at that shop i learned about like all these like you go online you read these forums and then yeah. when people start to talk about these luthiers and like certain regions that you have to go to and mm-hmm. then there's like all this all this stuff about well you know People get real snobby about it. Oh, there's no real luthiers in Florida. You got to go to Ohio and talk to this guy. And there's this whole like niche ecosystem of like people that do guitar, like like that repair, you know, just wood instruments in general. You know, it's really fascinating. Actually, it is. I I wish I, I wish I knew more about, you know, working on uprights because there is not a single good person in in anywhere in the southeast that I, does uprights i so, know that like, man so th- so the dude that was was training me was an upright player he nice. played in like a in like a rockabilly band yeah and uh so he was like super like he was always looking so he did some work himself yeah and like he would show me like you know like using like, these huge fucking clamps to like or like how you can completely disassemble the thing and then yeah. like glue like all these pieces back to oh, it scares me <laughs> I, right that scares me but he would talk about that how yeah. there's not really any luthiers in florida or the southeast uh-uh. that you could trust to work on an upright base Mm-mm. or at least like rebuild it or whatever you yeah. know and that's like i mean what a what a predicament you must be in to, yeah. like if something happens like where do you go i just i i'd fix it myself yeah i mean 
you know, I luckily I haven't had to do much to it in, in the past four or five years. But you know, like I've I've got a custom bridge that is made by this company. They're called Deuce Bridges, and it's it's an aluminum cast bridge that they made with their own special uh, wings on them. Um, and you know, the the feet are instead of the you know on an upright, the feet are just parallel to each other. These have one that's long and one that's this way because I've had a problem with my bridge slapping up while I'm playing. And oh, just, yeah. And that's, that's just, it sounds like a gunshot's going off. Oh, I'll bet, bro, that tension uh, of the yeah, strings. It's, it, it's scary, but, you know, this bridge, it's supposed to never do that, and it's supposed to last you a long time, and then where you put your pickup at, instead of just wedging it in between two pieces of wood, it's got a screw with a little wooden dowel that you can, you know, adjust how exactly how tight it's going to be oh, on there. Oh, okay. So, but you know, I had to order that online, and I, I took it to the uh, the only person that works on uprights here in Jacksonville, and he never even heard of it, and he didn't really want to touch it, or so I just. And the guy's kind of a he's kind of mean, uh. so <laughs> he's a he's a Nazi when it comes to it, so, and he sees my base, and he's like, I don't want to I don't want to touch that thing, so yeah. I got to figure out how to work on it myself. Yeah, that's a that's a rough one, man. Yeah. Do you think it's uh like the the way that is it like the the slapping that that puts that force on it that makes it come down like that? Because yeah. I I don't hear about that as much like the jazz guys are no, just yeah, kind of won't. plucking. Yeah, yeah, it's the slapping. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It, it actually happened to my girl one time at a show, and it literally sounds like a damn gunshot. And she's lucky I was there because I grabbed it and put it back on there, and she was you know able to keep playing, but. Mm-hmm. It took a few minutes, but man, it's it's a scary situation when that happens. I'll bet, man. Yeah, it was it was loud, very yeah. loud. So. <laughs> like hopefully somebody doesn't pull out a gun <laughs> no, and start firing so off. Like, We're in Jacksonville. Oh, right. Right. This is Florida, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Stand your ground, baby. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Um, so does this like affect your tone in any kind of way at all? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like for the better or no, 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 man. Yeah, that's the one thing Bryce complains about. He's like, man, that thing just doesn't doesn't have no sustain. But mm. I got a pedal board, and you know, once I once I'm able to af- afford the actual pedals I I want, it'll be a lot better. But you know, I can't get the sound I get without the rig I have. You know, and luckily it works. But what are you running right now? Um, I got the the GK, the same same rig as uh Shane Platten. Yep. Yeah. So. Cool, and then uh, just a couple shitty pedals, and you don't, you don't notice any like issues with the feedback or anything. No, that's one of the reasons why I, I cut the hole in the side and put us uh, an extra sound post. Oh, okay, and then I sprayed it all with foam to kind of deaden that because I was having bad feedback problems for years with that thing, and you know, so I just I threw everything. I put a towel underneath the, the fingerboard and a towel wedged in between the tailpiece and. Oh, that's why it doesn't sound good. It's not because of the, the bridge. It's yeah. because of the fucking, <laughs> all the other shit. Oh, yeah. 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 But, I mean, it it works. Yeah, and it's, and it's, pro- it's your sound, right? Yeah. Like you've got yeah. it dialed in to oh, where yeah. it does what you need to do, and it's authentically you. Yeah, exactly. Right? That's the fu- That's the thing that's so cool about that yeah. kind of stuff, man. I love it. You listen to, like, old records. Like, I was, uh, Chris and I, this is a while back. I don't know if you remember, but I was, I was just for shits and giggles, I was transcribing the solo in, uh, in 10 Years Gone, Led Zeppelin. Yeah. And I was showing Chris, and, and he was like, "Man, what a fucking tone! <laughs> it's just like harsh and abrasive." Yeah, and you're awesome. like, "You're like, yeah, but you know, that's that was Paige, man. Yeah, you know, it's exactly. like exactly. And like his his style that was, you know, I got a lot of shit for this one a while back ago on on a TikTok post, but he was a sloppy guy. 
Um, but you I mean, got a lot of shit for that one. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we all did. Um, but like, but that's, that was his sound, bro. Yeah. It's like unmistakably, unmistakably, unmistakably yeah. Jimmy Page. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yep. Um, and like, there's a lot of people that have that kind of thing where the tone is just like, it's kind of, it doesn't, I don't know. Like we, we went to go see Theo Katzman. Were you at that show? Uh, this I, was last at one, time? I, was at, I was at the one before that. Okay. So we saw him uh eric was telling me that during sound check because they, they they bring in these little tiny like fender like what are they, like princeton like they're yeah. just like little five yeah. watt amps you know and um they like roll off the bass totally on them oh, and it cranked the fucking treble on them and they're playing telecasters and like yeah. it's, it's all very very harsh but you know they have like an organ player, and then yeah. they have like a you know the bass and the drums, and it's all being run through through ears. So like there's a lot of stage volume. It's like gone. Oh yeah. So in the mix, I mean, it sounded fucking phenomenal. Yeah. But like you know they but but because of the way they really played to the sonic space of each thing, right? They they allowed every part to to, to take up exactly what it needed to take yeah. up and nothing more. That's awesome. And it's just you think about it, it's like really just this perfectly pictured this this portrait of like colors that yeah. just perfectly fit in place it's that's awesome you know it's it's wild man yeah um so sometimes those are harsh and abrasive things like they just mm -hmm. it just it works in context you yeah know? exactly uh, there's for a long time i was like using uh my sg and i and chris even told me one time he was like bro you gotta fucking that treble man is too much <laughs> <laughs> that bridge man it's they're sharp yeah they're real pointy <laughs> i heard a video of myself after the fact and i was like yeah you're right that's real bad and then I started playing. And the then you strat. switched to a strat. Yeah, that ought to <laughs> that well, knock it out. I got the lace sensors in it though, which have like a darker kind of you know yeah. tone to them, so it helps with that you know abrasiveness. I feel it, like it evens it out. Yeah, Bryce plays a strat too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you own any guitars? Uh, I own a couple acoustics. Okay. Yeah. And I just I really I'm not a good guitar player at all, but you know I can. I can definitely sit down and jam with somebody if I needed to. Yeah, can't do any solos, but you know, I still I still love it. Me and my girl will mess around because you know she's an upright bass player as well. So, you know, I try to play guitar and have her, you know, do what she wants to do on the bass. And but it's uh, it's it's insane. Like when I when I met Bryce, like I said, I, I saw his his guitar playing style, and it was just I was like, man, that's like almost exactly how I want to play guitar but i play it on the bass you know and he's just he's very percussive with the way he plays and it to me it's it just i'm in awe sometimes i'll watch him you know in the middle of a show i'm watching what he's doing and his little solos and what he does with his hands i'm like man I f how the fuck do you do that yeah. I, I really wish i can know how to do that on a guitar just so i, I have that in my head but yeah you know i've never man i've never caught the band live honestly i've been meaning yeah. to but it's like you know, every time I always see it like the day of or yeah. like the day after, I'm like, oh, I didn't know that they were playing. That's how most of it is. Yeah. <laughs> I see the same shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, and then also just like the gigging thing where mm. you're, you're caught up in shit. I want to, so you, you jam, your girlfriend is again, I'm sorry. Uh, Holly Bassett. She's in, oh. um, yeah, she's in the uh, um, Blossom and Bone. Okay. Yes. Now you guys jam together. Do you ever like write together or anything? Uh, we talk about it. She really wants to, like, yeah. really bad. It's just, you know, our, we're so busy with the family life and all that. It's hard to, but yeah, we're definitely. She keeps bugging me to do the the double double bass and and you know jamming on stage. We did a, a little open mic at a 
trade winds over in uh, Murray, uh, Murray Hill. Hill. Yeah, yeah. Um, we did open mic. It was a few years ago, and we had a couple songs that me and her played together. Where you know I'd play the guitar and she would play the bass, and then there was one where I played the bass and she sang. And but you know it's. Like I said, it's hard with the family life going on right now. So yeah, there's this thing because like uh, my girlfriend Chelsea Michelle, she's she yeah. plays the Chris and Alchematic, yeah. and you know, um, we don't like do a whole lot of jamming together unless we're like on a gig together or yeah. something. But I always find that it's not because of like I mean, there's always I think like outside stuff that ends up coming into the equation, which can mm. make it difficult sometimes. Oh yeah. But then I feel like okay, you know you gig i'm gigging and then you know when we get together till like, i just have us time yeah like i don't really want to play or like think about music yeah. i'd rather just like go watch a movie yeah, or like exactly, go eat yeah. at a restaurant or do something else besides music you yeah. know yeah do you find that as well oh yeah yeah, yeah. for sure yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard for for both of us sometimes to get on on the same page about playing music because you know like you just said it's like I really I don't want to play music right now or and she does or, or vice versa and it's it's a little rough but yeah you know. yeah so do you do you resist that time when no no you just you no. go with it yeah. like you oh, said yeah. okay if I I don't want to do this right now but we're gonna do it anyways yeah okay done that a couple of times that's cool I need to get better at that yeah right there you're still playing music at the end of the day you know oh, what yeah. I mean totally go yeah with the flow bud yeah I know I'm so bad at that bro it's something <laughs> I'm I made it a point to work on more of that this yeah. year is like just don't resist things just allow things to happen and exactly it's a natural order of things will fall into place yep it's not easy dating a musician and then when you are a musician and you're dating a musician that's a lot harder. Yeah, <laughs> definitely bro. a lot harder. Because everyone's because like because then we're both very opinionated on something. Mm -hmm. It's like it's like we could just be jamming and having a good time. Yeah. It's like oh, don't do that though. I don't like that. Exactly. It's like well, I like you. I don't think you know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's like I think I do. Yeah. <laughs> you're right. Yeah. It's just go. It's like a, you start butting heads. You're like, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. Exactly. And also, fuck you. Find somebody else to eat tonight. Exactly. <laughs> it's easy to argue when you're when you're a couple. Yeah. And you're playing music. Yeah, bro. Like after a while, you're just like, there's just too much comfort there oh yeah it's like almost like like trying to create with like a sibling or something yeah, exactly it's same same thing yeah it's like we just we just we're too comfortable being mean to each other yeah i don't oh, like yeah. this <laughs> and it gets that way in bands too though man you know like with it side does. hustle especially well we all had a good i think we all had a pretty good way of speaking to each other in side hustle but like like billy and i would always we'd get mean with each other oh yeah he'd be like because he again his background is like early 2000s indie rock stuff and then also like this more you know edm kind of stuff or just dance music in general and he liked synthesizers and four on the floor yeah. and and just danceable music and i'm a, i'm like okay well you know there let's let's maybe push the envelope, envelope a little more than that yeah so we would just start getting really mean with each other and just start saying <laughs> shit at rehearsals and writing sessions yeah and sean and aaron would just be like all right, guys. Well, when's the fucking wedding? You, know? <laughs> you ever find that oh, dynamic yeah. with like Firewater or the guys that you're playing with yeah. now? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty pretty much any band I've ever been in, it's it's been like that. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's good to get to that level of comfort where you feel yeah. you can be that vulnerable with somebody, mm -hmm. right? But it does get a little contentious. I mean, at least you're not leaving stuff inside. At least you're getting it out. It yeah. might not be the healthiest way to get it out, but yeah. you're not sitting on it. There's you, got there's got to be a better way to you express gotta yourself. Have a feeling, right? just say the feeling. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Some of the shit that like you get away with saying in those contexts mm -hmm. too, where you're like, dude, if we were like out at a bar right now, this would be a real problem. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your 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 mother probably didn't love you enough. That's why you wanted to do that fucking stupid I, idea I right you, there. Man, like, exactly. dude, what? <laughs> I swear it's only about music shit is when I get the nastiest. Like, yeah. Otherwise I'm pretty chill overall. But like if you fuck with music, you yeah. know, like I'm really, really passionate about that shit. So like if you're just not meeting the standard or something, it it doesn't take long for me to just like flip that switch and go. You should practice and get fucked at the same time. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Oh man, totally. All right. So I have, a, I have, uh, I want to do something real quick. Okay. Can you guys think of like a specific time where where you were in like a writing session or something, and that things got said? Like, there's like one time that comes to your mind, and that you're like, that that's like just irrational and just like it it like shouldn't have gotten that far. I've got something in my head. I can go first if you yeah. want. Okay, so we were in the uh, we were in the studio for the last side hustle record, and we were um, I had gone down to, for the mixing process, uh, and I there was a call like a mixing call that I made just on a, on a panning thing or something as a production thing, and then when Billy came down with me the next time to into the studio to to listen to the tracks, he was like, I like that idea but I don't want to do it because it's my song and I didn't make that call. And I was like, that's what you want to do right now? And we sat there for like an hour and it was like, bro, you're being a fucking child right now yeah. just because this and that and he can't, well, you shouldn't have made that fucking call without me. It's not your song. And we just go off on each other. Wow. And then, and then eventually I'm just like, you know what? You're right. It's your song. Uh, we're going to, we're not going to do this idea that we all agree sounds good, but we're not going to do this idea because, because, it, I made a, a mixing choice in post-production after the fact. So it's all love, and I totally get his perspective on it, mm -hmm. right? But, like, those are the kind of things that come up where you're just like, damn, dude, like, that, like that's the kind of petty shit. But then you work through it, and yeah. then you're a band at the end of the day. You yeah, still exactly. do the thing, right? Yep. Yep. Do you guys have anything like that? Oh, yeah. I <laughs> uh, was doing uh, some gigs around town with this band, a tribute act, and... Um, we were getting our, our singer to play bass on some stuff. And, um, you know, I was playing bass in that group for a long time and had all the parts down, like had everything there. And we're just trying, you know, really there wasn't a need to switch, but we were just trying to, you know, help the band dynamic a little bit and get them on bass. So we're sitting there trying to like go through the tune, show it to them. And like, they just kept missing one change in this in this tune we sat down and go hey no it's not like that it goes like this and they're like don't think it does and i'm like no it it does i've been playing it on these gigs with you for a year it goes like this they're like we'll put on the record and let me play along with it so i put on the record and then they just play along with it on the record and they're like see and we're like see what you just played it wrong on the record yeah. like like you're <laughs> just you're just convincing yourself well, I saw it on a tab site and it was this and that. And then like it got into this full blown thing where we're just yelling at them and calling them tone deaf and just like screaming at them. Like you're tone deaf. If you can't hear that, then I don't know if music's for you. I don't like it got to, it, we had to leave that rehearsal. Like it got, that was the end of it right there. It's just like, yeah, I, you know, don't play it wrong. I'm not going to make a concession when it's not 
right it's a tribute act you know like we're yeah, playing yeah. it like the record yeah i'm not gonna budge and just because you thought you saw it on ultimate guitar that it was yeah. one thing <laughs> and you've just convinced yourself that's what it is like you can't even hear that it's clashing against the record and like my drummer was chiming in going it's clashing how can you not hear that i'm the fucking drummer and i'm telling you it's not right wow. and it just nope so fuck you you're tone deaf it just got ugly yeah um, you know good times i love I love that stuff. It's all in the name of music. It's friction, bro. It is. That's 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 <laughs> where life blossoms from. Yeah, there mm-hmm. was some life going on. Yeah. There. <laughs> How about some you, John? Too. No, yeah. I've I've never really had had much of conflict with something like that. I I'm a, I'm more of a laid back guy. I don't like confrontation. Yeah. But you know, I, just like I was saying about last night when me and Bryce were practicing, it, it's you know he was trying to he didn't like the way that the original bass track I put down for this one song was, and we just, we couldn't, couldn't figure it out. And it's, I mean, it's been five, six months since we recorded it. And we just still just can't, can't figure it out. And finally last night we did, but you know, I can, I can see, I can see Bryce being frustrated with Ernie and them kind of battling. Cause you know, they battle a lot with each other jokingly and seriously, but yeah, you know, me and Bryce, we just, he's so, high strung and and worried about everything and i'm just complete opposite stoner just like it'll be all right and so we we get a long way too well so yeah i feel that man that was like the uh um it's good to have that balance i think right because you want somebody who's worried about everything to like to be on top of things that you want somebody to like chill them out exactly and if you know how to communicate that in a way that that person can understand then it can be a great relationship yeah Sean used to be that way when we were on the road. Because Sean, also a bass player, yeah. bass players have this thing to just kind of like be the chill people. They do. <laughs> and, yeah, they do. And Sean was just always like, I'm just happy to be playing music. You know, yeah. and I'm like, we're hanging out, we're on the road, whatever. And one time we were playing down in Miami and um, we were on the way to the venue and I'm like, you know, getting in my head about some stuff. And, you know, I know the venue has shitty parking and the traffic in Miami is, yeah. you know, shitty. Oh, yeah. And so... Like I was getting all, you know, high strung about this. And he was like, just chill the fuck out, bro. Just, you need, you need to calm down. And most people that would like bother to t- say, oh, yeah, you yeah. need to calm down. You flip a switch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but for me, I'm like, I need to be spoken to very directly like that. That's mm-hmm. just the kind of person I am. Otherwise I will steamroll it, the idea yeah. altogether, you know? Oh, for sure. So um, I, at first, so my initial instinct is like, fuck you, dude. So that's what's happening in my head. And I'm like, no, he's right. You do need to chill out. Like you're making everything more tense right yeah. now. Yeah, so exactly. I was like, yeah, you're right. I need to chill out. I'm just going to drive the fucking van down to the venue. And we're just going to take it as, as it comes. You know? Exactly. So anyone got some EDM? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's funny, man. So I don't know if you're familiar. We do a segment called unpopular opinions. Yeah. Um, you guys would do some unpopular opinions. Always. Yeah. We did a podcast earlier. Chris is known for not always having unpopular opinions yeah. lined up. I've two only today. forgotten that I've already done one one time. Yeah. <laughs> um, oops. All right. So buckle up. Yeah. Uh, the whole Bud like makes you gay joke is so tired at this point. Yeah. It's <laughs> I'm so over it. Like I and I love comedy i love anything's a joke like nothing is off limits like there's there's been some good ones with the new oppenheimer movie out there love a good joke about anything (laughs) yeah uh this had it's like 10 15 minutes you know it had its meme it was funny and like no one will let it die yeah like it's just 
so boring at this point. Like, oh, he ordered a Bud Light. Ha ha ha. It's like, where's the fun twist on it? You yeah, know what I mean? Play, it's, it's so boring out. at this point. Like, it's played out. I know exactly where you're going with every angle. Like, just drink your fucking beer. I, I'm mad because I was already judging them before the whole thing for drinking Bud Light for just yeah. having a poor taste in beer. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm, you know, now it's no one will drink it for other reasons. I'm like, Yelp suck. Yeah, but you can't hate on it anymore, though, right? No, because now I've got to be like, oh, you should drink the beer. Yeah, like, exactly. Drink the shitty beer. It's yeah, great. Yeah. No, the joke's so overplayed. Like, it's, I, I got people I play with all the time that are still like, you're drinking a Bud Light? Okay, Pansy. It's like, <laughs> dude. <laughs> Let's move on. Did you have, you just ordered an espresso martini. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. And I'm the gay one. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah, great yeah. joke. Good times. I really love the internet for all that it's doing out there. Yeah, I feel you. I mean, I think that I think there's a lot. Um, there, there's I think like like the joke is played out. I think that like I could go down the rabbit hole and all that stuff. But yeah, I think I think the joke is totally played out. I think we definitely move on from the Bud Light yeah. conversation in general. It's just like, all right, dude, it was a risky marketing mm -hmm. ploy. They lost a lot of customers. If you didn't like it, you got what you wanted. And if you did, drink it. Who cares? They're still there. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? They're going to so, keep making it. Yeah, oh, of course. Yeah. They're, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's just, it's, it's crazy that people, and just like the outrage over it in general is just like, you know, wasn't it like only like a limited run of cans they did it on? Well, anyways? I was, it was one. Yeah, it was literally, they, her. They, they made like what, a six pack and sent it right yeah. to her. Yep. It was not even widely distributed. <laughs> it's, Literally just a thing for you to put on exactly. your and promote. It's not even like they're not even doing a big push. Oh my god! Dude. Can you believe that much shit came off of six fucking cans of the worst beer you've ever had in yeah. your life? And we got fucking Kid Rock shooting it up with an, with AR-15s. Like, dude, like, like, relax, bro. Dude, one round of that ammo cost more than the fucking <laughs> six pack. I mean, by you know, far. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck are you thinking? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's really real cool. Um, <laughs> it's real cool, <laughs> real nice. <laughs> well, you think, Johnny? You, you are you ready for more uh, Bud Light jokes? Or <laughs> I, dude, I, I don't even drink beer. So yeah, yeah. The whole the whole Bud Light thing. I don't. I mean, it doesn't taste good to me, but neither does any other beer. So yeah, I feel that. I've always been a whiskey guy myself. Yeah. yeah, I don't drink anymore, but when I was, I was heavy on the bourbon. Yeah, that was my drink of choice. What about you? Um, you know, I drink a lot of cider. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But like I said, I've never really been a drinker. So when I did drink, it was either a cider and then, of course, with fire water, it's whiskey after whiskey after whiskey. Yeah. So got, yeah. To, got to like a little bit of whiskey, but that's about it. Yeah. I what? love my coffee. Oh, yeah. Yep. Big time. I've been All day. heavy on that for a few months now. Oh, I'm yeah. on, on the coffee big time. <laughs> <laughs> you got an unpopular opinion? Just that... uh. Podcasts are way better than listening to music. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally, that, that is that. a good unpopular opinion. I mean, that is, that's literally all I, you know, I, I drove from Mayport to Middleburg and then back to Mayport and then here, and so I listened to was it a two or no one and a half Joe Rogan podcasts. So, nice. <laughs> yeah. He's man, you know, talk about a guy who gets a lot of slack these yeah. days. Um, I don't think that there's anybody who's more misrepresented oh yeah than him that's another good point too like you know? 
Like, I don't know. Like, people write him off as this dumb jock. And, like... He's far from that. No, I mean... And he even... He'll call himself dumb before anyone else gets the chance to. He's like, I'm just a funny dude that likes talking to people. Like, why are you taking me so seriously? I'm just having a conversation. Well... And then... And then people will hang their hat up on that conversation. Like, oh, he said and believes this. He's like... It's just an entertainment thing. You know what I mean? What are you doing? Well, I think... I don't totally disagree with you on this, but I do have some pushback on it because if he was only interviewing comedians, then I would say, okay. Yeah. But he's getting like real people on oh, yeah. that are like experts in their field yep. and he's interviewing them. And then he's engaging in a real conversation and having real thoughts about things. Yeah, right. For hours too. For yeah, hours. Five minutes. Right. Yeah. Like they, they go down the rabbit hole and he's a great interviewer. Yeah. yeah. Right. But you can't use the I'm a comedian thing as a scapegoat when totally you when, when you say when when you say things that are either incorrect or or you said something in the moment yeah. right in a serious in the context of a serious conversation, I think that you should own up to that and be like, yeah, I was wrong here yeah. or whatever. And sometimes Which he, he has sometimes he does he, he does do that. Right. But there's also other times where he's like, but also I'm a comedian. You can't take what I say. It's like, dude, yeah. yeah, But like you weren't interviewing a comedian, you were interviewing a doctor. It doesn't matter. It it doesn't, I mean, like, I don't know. That's kind of, I think that's stupid. I think it's like, he still is a comedian. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, that's but, who he, that's his ethos. That's what he that's is. That's his mindset. Just because he's talking to someone else that is that doesn't mean, like, okay, cool. I have to now not be who I am because I'm talking to someone that knows what nah, the fuck dude, they're talking about. You can tell the difference, though, when somebody is trying to be funny versus when somebody's trying to make a point. And sometimes he's not. And look, I say this again as a big Joe Rogan supporter. Yeah, I, no, I like him a lot. I think he's a net positive for society. Yeah. I love his podcast. That being said, I think he's wrong on. I think he's been wrong on some things, and I and I think he usually admits to it. Yeah. But also, I just don't agree with comedians using this. Well, I'm a comedian, so you know you can't take. It's like, dude. Well, no, you can't just. That doesn't give you a license to just get away with shit, right? Yeah. I'm not saying that you can't go for a joke or you can't have an opinion that's wrong, especially in the public sphere. But when people come after you for it, yeah. that's just kind of what it is, especially for the guys like like Tony Hinchcliffe or Joe Rogan, people that are big, like, I want the government out of my shit type thing. Yeah. Okay, well, if you, like, I'm I'm all for it too, guys. But if you want the government out of, the, out of your shit, then it's in the court of public opinion now. Yeah. And that's what happens. People get canceled and the public takes it into their own hands when there's no recourse from the government. I'm all for it, but then you got to be okay with the cancel culture. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you can only get canceled by the people that support you, and they clearly haven't done that. They haven't done that, You know what I mean? So, like, like, you know, that and, like, people he'll he'll talk to will correct him. You know what I mean? It's not like they'll just, like, let something blatantly wrong slide unless they're – I mean, I I hadn't seen it. I also do a fair bit of his stuff. I also think he gets gets very wrapped up in the uh, – I think he he, – there's a lot of, like – Con- there's a lot of like stuff and I hate this term woke okay I think it's so overused and just no, it is. done with it already but like and I'm not, either way um, I think that there's a lot of people that that use that as a as a form to troll the masses right so there'll be like these ideas that that come out under the guise of like wokeism quote unquote mm-hmm. and um, it's like some ridiculous concept and then Joe Rogan will come on a show, but you see what they're talking about this now. It's like, dude, that's like not real though. You know that, right? Well, it's but like sometimes he doesn't know because like, he's older too. It's yeah. like, well, and it's so topical and like, you know, yeah. he, 
he does two a days as well, and he's doing six hours behind a podcast. No, totally. Sometimes you just gotta, you know, it's on my head. I'm gonna talk about it. Okay, well, I was wrong. Guess what? There's 400 more hours of other shit you can listen to of my same thing. You know what I mean? Totally. It's like you just gotta spit shit out and go. Of course. Um, I'm just know. saying sometimes, just, you know, I think it's it's great to support people. I just also think it's not like, like not everything that they do like, like the people have flaws, you know, and I think one of his flaws is that he buys into some of the troll culture, yeah. right? And then because of his platform, he can actually push it in a way that he doesn't m maybe mean to. Yeah. And then it can become like a real thing. Oh, yeah. So I think it's important to like, you know, for, for me as someone who listens, I listen to almost every episode that comes out because I just, I like him as an interviewer. And I think he's a cool person too, he sounds like anyways. But when I hear him do shit like that, I'm like, dude, this is not real and maybe don't be talking about it in a way that seems like you think it's real Yeah. because then people buy into it and it just perpetuates the outrage culture, I think, you know? I also feel like it's in a mi minority when that even happens yeah, at yeah. all. If it, you know, it's totally, a, it's an, it's an interesting conversation to have, but it's, I feel like it's pretty rarely the thing, you know, with his shit anyway, you know, it's like, if it happens, it happens, you know, it'll, it'll get corrected or someone will do some research and they can figure out it's not, you know what I mean? It's like, there's not, to me, not a ton of weight on it. It's just like, dude's just sitting there talking, might have it, might not have it. I don't know. Yeah. You know? But to go, like, to not make this a whole Joe Rogan segment, yeah. in general, yeah, podcasts are the shit. Yeah. Like, because you, I mean, like, he's backlogged. You could never catch up if you started right oh, now. Yeah. They've become TV shows almost. You know what I mean? Like, we want, we're big Kill Tony fans, big production, like, there's, and there's also like the storyline podcast. Like, I don't know if you'll, there's a great podcast that I forget the name of, but it um, follows the Scorpions tune, The Winds of Change, and to see if it was like, oh, yeah. I'm, actually, as I, we've talked about this, right? Yeah, I'm the one who told you about it. You, okay, perfect. Yeah. Well, I don't know if we've talked about it on the show or not, no. but like, it, basically goes to see if like the scorpions are like a cia plant in russia yeah have you so, heard like, about this theory the uh -uh. yeah to see if they're like it's trying so to good. put in radical change oh wow in the russian culture back then well okay huh. so can i can oh, i take please. this for a second yeah. okay it's a phenomenal conspiracy theory it's awesome <laughs> <laughs> it's so much fun i think the podcast is called winds of change by the way yeah um and so the theory is that the Scorpions uh, performed a song that was written by the CIA oh, to wow. influence uh, Russian culture, um, and which is why uh, the Berlin Wall fell and the Cold War ended was because that song or and other cultural you know things that shifts at that time, but that song being one of them that helped enlighten people as to why uh, you know communism under wow. under that rule was so terrible um now here's the thing so he at the, at the end of the podcast spoiler alert he interviews uh homeboy sebastian yeah uh, whatever um and uh and asks him about the cia thing and he just starts kind of laughing and he's like what no we wrote that song and we are not CIA. that's crazy we're not cia operatives <laughs> now here's the thing even if that's not true this guy did his research, the guy who did the podcast, yeah. I forget his name. He interviewed uh, ex-CIA operatives. He interviewed uh, musicians. I mean, people from 
all over all every aspect yeah. of this of this angle right and referenced like other historical things like uh, the nina simone the, the, the thing. nina simone thing yes like all this stuff it was incredible amount of work yeah you know? um and and even if this particular case isn't true it is a fact that the cia and the government have used music and cultural phenomena to influence political uh, landscapes in other countries huh. this is a fact nina simone who was who hated America, okay, yeah. and and ended up moving to South Africa and dying there because she hated America so much, Jesus. was toured, okay, in Africa, um, through uh the the it was it was to create awareness of uh, there was a purpose behind it I forget what it was, but this was and there was, it was funded by by a uh by some kind of charity or something yeah. right. Uh, this was a shell company. It wasn't real. This was set up by the American Shit. government to influence uh, one country in specific in Africa. Yeah. Forget which one it was, because it, they were going under communist rule of some kind, whatever. And so they need. So they use Nina Simone as like a mouthpiece to influence the culture to help overthrow the government. Now, this is a crazy thought, right? Yeah. But if you think about, if you really think about it, the first kind of mode or the first kind of line of defense, I guess, that you can think about when it comes to cultural influence is the arts, yeah. right? Like that's a direct reflection of where a culture is at. Easily. So when, if you're singing songs about whatever the landscape is in your culture or whatever, you know, you're, you're just singing, if you're writing songs in general, it's yeah. because you're living in a certain place and having an experience in a certain place, right? Now, if you can make people aware of that experience and furthermore, show them the success that you're reaching because of this thing, and mm -hmm. this is an opportunity that doesn't exist where you're at. So you're like, well, this person's coming from America and they look like us, but they're seeing success in their culture yeah. in America. Maybe we need to be more like Americans. And you start to second guess all the rhetoric that you're hearing from your government. Yeah. It's how every counterculture, even in America, happens, right? Oh yeah. Like the, the hippie movement in the 60s yeah. and you know, like, like the, the beatnik movement in the 50s, it's all, there's all this counterculture that has music, you know, jazz before that, right? Mm -hmm. There's all this counterculture that, that has a soundtrack to it. Easily. You yeah. know, so it's, it's crazy to think about. So CIA people, that he interviewed admitted to this being a tactic. Huh. You know, Hollywood worked closely with the CIA yeah. to put people spies under disguise or whatever. The only reason why we know about that is because their mo their method now of putting people undercover has changed drastically from just hair and makeup. Right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. we have other things now, but that they used to do that. That was a way to go into disguise. Winds of Change is Winds a podcast. Yeah. Totally check it out. And there's, I mean, and that's just one example of many. I mean, like podcasts are definitely. They're the new audio book. They're the new TV. They're the new album. I mean, like, I I just can't. Yeah, they're awesome. Take your shoes off podcast. I highly recommend. You gotta, oh, that's you another gotta, great one. You have to you have to watch it though on YouTube because yeah. Rick Glassman, he's a comedian. Are you familiar yeah. with this podcast? Yeah. Oh, you are. I haven't watched it, but I've heard of it. Okay, so he's a fucking genius. Okay, yeah. The, the way that he like he's he's having a full on interactive conversation he's very engaged yeah. okay he's asking phenomenal questions but then he's paying attention he's he, it's all like self-produced so he's like paying attention to the cameras and making sure they're all running all the time oh, wow he's live editing on the spot so he's like having a conversation and he thinks about oh i can i can do this in post to really help make this part like yeah. you know shine or whatever huh. so then 
so, so throughout the the podcast, like little cartoons will pop up and little shit. Oh, that's pretty cool. It's so wild, but oh. this is all things that he's thinking about while he's fully engaged in a conversation. Yeah. It's wild, and they get deep. It gets funny. It gets awkward. Yeah, it's, he's it's it's a it's a that's roller coaster ride. Check that one out. Yeah. So yes, to your point. It, uh, what a great unpopular opinion, especially on the music <laughs> podcast, oh, which is like the whole thing. I'm surprised no one's ever said that before. Yeah. It's like, I, I love it. Um, I don't I don't know if it's certainly unpopular. I don't know yeah. if I fully subscribe that I like podcasts more than listening to music, but I will, I, I will say that I listen to more. I, I listen to podcasts more than I listen to yeah, music. Same here. For sure. For sure. And more than I watch TV at this point. Oh, you know? yeah. I, I don't, I do not, well, I don't even bother with television anymore. I mean, yeah. Netflix streaming, if I'm watching a, that's like what, a certain That's show. what I mean. I mean, podcast over streaming. But now it's, I definitely go to YouTube before I'll go to Hulu or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, totally. Just, I mean, that's just where I'm, there's so much good stuff. So I'm engaged. I'm just pulling up my unpopular opinion. It's on yeah, my, it's yeah, in my yeah. notes here. I have to write them down because I got a lot of them. You know <laughs> I what I mean? Bet. Don't want to repeat. <laughs> okay. Um, we kind of touched on this on one of our, on the one of the last podcast, but it wasn't um, it wasn't an unpopular opinion. But here it is. <sighs> Can we turn the fucking TVs off at cover gigs? Oh, dude. <laughs> oh my yeah, god. We did have a little touch on that. Um I fucking yeah. dude like Especially when it's right above the stage. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. bro. There's one place that I play that just they used to turn it off and then the the staff uh during COVID all left that place and now it's all yeah. new staff and they stopped doing it after COVID. But they used to turn the TV off that was at least right above us. Now they just leave it on. And I'm just like... Wouldn't be a place that canceled all your gigs recently, would it? No, it's not that place. Okie dokie. But, but, you know, it's the other place that you thought it was originally. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, bro, like I can't compete with sports, no. especially like a Jaguars game in a city where the culture is like everything revolves around the revolves around the Jaguars oh, yeah. here. This, I mean, there's, there's a rich music history in Jacksonville, but music is not the culture here. Mm -hmm. It is football yep. and surfing. Yeah. Right. I yeah. mean, that's basically what it is. So if I'm playing music in a bar and I, you want me to entertain your crowd, why would you make me compete with the television? I mean, I was at a place uh, down in Orlando. Uh, my friend w took me to this open mic, and I walked in. I was going to play because I, I, I have some new tunes I want to try out. So I was going to play, but I walk into Smoky Bar. There's nobody in there other than, like, a couple people just sitting there just chain-smoking cigarettes at yeah. the bar. It's like this, this guy is, like, singing, uh, and he was pretty good, but, like, it was just – it was very, like, just felt, ugh, like, destitute, yeah. you know? And on the, the – the televisions are on – and they're playing movies, like old movies, with no sound or subtitles. I'm like, why do you even have them on? Wow. It's like, can you just turn them off and let this guy have a little spotlight? Yeah. He's playing songs yeah. that he wrote. And so I looked at my friend and I was like, hey, man, I'm not playing here. Yeah. Like, I don't, I, I'm not above, you know, like a gig. But at the same time, this isn't a gig. And yeah. I don't need to be here on a night off. You exactly. know what I mean? Devil's Advocate. It's, yeah. I kind of like it because it tells me how hard I have to work that night. And I don't like working harder than I have to. Um, if you're, if you're telling me that you don't give a fuck, then I definitely don't give a fuck, and I appreciate that. Because then there's like this unspoken contract of like, all right, cool. People are doing other shit here. I'm not really gonna like if they're really giving it to me. Fine, but my baseline is not going to be uh, super hardworking at that point. If if 
they are asking for it, I'll go there. But if I walk in, the TV's on, and I'm just going to start, and I'm like, okay, we're doing this, then cool. Okay. Looper's going on. I'm chilling. I'm hanging out. My check stays the same, you know? Uh, it's I, disrespectful, and I make a mental note of that. Yeah. But you're telling me how hard I get to work, and I don't mind that. I'm, I have a point I want to make on this, but do you have anything to say on this subject? Yeah, it's uh, – we've – not played until games have been over just because i mean you know and, and we've played when games are going on and like a, a crowd full of or a room full of people that's cheering for something that just happened yeah will definitely be louder than anything you're playing and that just that that hurts totally man. it definitely hurts totally but and and like and here's the thing okay like it does hurt and also to your point about um about how hard you have to work. It's more important to me that I'm here doing something that I should love to do, right? Mm -hmm. Now, when I walk into a room and I'm already playing for a disenfranchised audience, they don't really give a shit, right? Yeah. No one walked in expecting to be an audience here tonight, yeah. right? So I have to now, for these people that don't care about me being here now, also there's a game on or even just some bullshit movie that no one's even watching, mm -hmm. whatever. Um, I have to now compete with this. It makes it makes me feel undervalued, underappreciated, and yes, it hurts. And then I leave there feeling like, what am I even doing? Yeah, exactly. I'm not I'm not inspired to play. I'm not inspired to write. I'm not inspired to practice. And then ultimately, it's why so many people in towns like this give up on playing music yeah. because there's no support from people outside of that are directly involved with music. It's usually other musicians, which is hard for us to support each other because yeah. we're all working at the same time. Exactly. And a small group of people, which we love you guys, that come out to like the jam sessions yeah. or they come out to see their favorite bands play t night after night. Uh -huh. And those people are like, thank you for doing that. It, it means the world to yeah, us. Exactly. But there's a million other people in the city that don't give a fuck about what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And to have to compete with that it lets us know where we stand in this town yeah, exactly. or in towns across the board. And yes, it lets me know how, how hard I have to work that night, but I don't want to feel that way. And it, that's it's uninspiring. I, sure. And that's the, that's, you know, something I do personally and I would implore anyone to do it, but like, I do not set my value on those gigs. Like, no, I know what I know. I know that. And you know where I'm going, but like I've got five original creative projects that are all doing their thing. Like that, Going to play bar A, B, or C is is punching the clock. Like, yes, I love the work and I'm good at it and this and that, but like it could go great, it could go terrible, it does not move my needle at all. And like everyone's different, you know what I mean? But for me, like, okay, put the game on, have a mariachi party in the on the dance floor. I'm gonna go up there and play my 30 to 35 songs. Either put money in my jar or don't. I'm going to get the check and I'm going to go home. Yeah. Like, sure. There's some good nights. There's some great nights and those do. Yeah. They help there. But if it's a bad night, don't care. I, you know what I'm, I'm cause I've got, all right, my fusion band's going to rehearse the next day. Then we're going into the studio the night after that. And then we're going on a run this next week. You know, it's like that one night with the TV on, with the people being complete chodes, just not, it just doesn't, wear on me no like, totally. it does on some people yeah and everyone's a little bit different you know it's yeah and for most people it's also not just one night it's like their livelihood where they're doing it five nights a week well you know one day at a time right yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> and overall 
like, yeah, you can put up with it on a gig per gig basis. It's fine. Yeah. But it's just, it's bad for the morale overall. I right? agree. Oh, yeah. yeah. If, yeah. If, if, if you're, if you're at a, at a corporate job, mm-hmm. all right, and you're, li- you're working in a place that you feel is, for lack of a better term, uh, detrimental to your mental stability, mm-hmm. then it doesn't inspire you to want to be better for that job. Sure. Right. That, Maybe as an individual, you can take it on a day-by-day basis. Like, man, that paycheck at the end of the week is really good. I got a family to support. I'm doing it, right? And then when I, when I leave here, I leave it at the job. And I come home and I be a family person. That's what I'm, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and that's totally fair. But overall, for the morale of of yeah. of a culture it's not good and it's does it's not sustainable for if you want mm-hmm. that culture to exist in the place you need to value it more than that right not you i'm no, saying no, like, no, like, no, the, I know, like I know. the bars totally. and just in general i totally yeah um, when you get when you get silence after a song God, it's the worst. It's brutal, <laughs> bro. It's the worst. You crush, and it's like nothing for that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, there's you a, get silenced because there's a, a game on or something like that. That's that's rough. But man, we played. Uh, I've played a, a few of them, but the the Outlaws Motorcycle Club. Oh yeah. We've played some of their um, their parties at their club's house, and um, we've done it a few times in Firewater. And so I've, I was pretty used to it, and uh, and we got asked as a Bryce Allister band to do it, and I had to tell them. I said, "Look, guys, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a rough gig because nobody's gonna clap. Nobody's there. It's just gonna be eyes on you, and th- there's no emotion. Like it, you're gonna feel like you're doing the worst you've ever played in in your life. But when you get off stage, they're gonna praise you. They're gonna love you. Like they're gonna say what a great thing it is, and and you know you'll probably get." gigs after that and blah 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 and so we show up to the the gig and it's it's exactly like i told them and i can see everybody in the band's just you know sweating and it's like man you know you we just rocked our asses off and there's not one clap not a whistle nothing it's just dead silent takes it but, out of you uh, man it, it it's, it's so rough but we got off stage and they pretty much swarm us i mean you guys are awesome we love you guys and you won't want you on the next one and all this that we're like really we didn't show any of that i, know, dude. Right? <laughs> I thought we were about to get our asses kicked right <laughs> i know bro i know it's it's hard man it's it's really i don't like to be the musician that complains about the things because like yeah. you know there's worse careers to have oh yeah and like and all that but you know we we oftentimes put it all out on the table yeah. and it just gets left there and you're like well i'm not getting anything in return yeah and like i can leave a three hour or especially a four hour gig you know just totally depleted oh yeah and you're like man i feel like i just worked a full day yeah, yeah. you know yep we all want good work environments guys yeah exactly. so yeah today listen to the podcast turn off a fucking tv or two yeah exactly and clap please clap. clap please clap maybe throw another 1500 bucks on that yeah, exactly. check too you know what i mean please it's not hurt. It's not hurting anybody. Please validate us. We need it. <laughs> We're not our, narcissists or anything. Our no. only sense of worth is music. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. Yeah, I know. Real talk. Um, well, John, thanks for so much for being here, yeah, man. This yeah. is a lot of fun. Thank you, man. Hell yeah. All right, guys. Well, um, yeah, subscribe, follow, all that good shit. Thanks for tuning in. Is there anything you want to promote? Uh, yeah, the uh, we got the Bedlam show. Next Saturday, not this Saturday, twenty sixth. Okay, Bedlam. I don't think this will be out in time for that one. That's but, all right. Um, but check out Bedlam because they'll be back. Check out Bedlam. Check yeah, out exactly. Second Fiddle. Check out uh, um, Bryce Alistair yeah. and all those guys. And 
um, yeah, I'm going to make sure to catch both of the bands soon. Yeah. I, I definitely need to see you guys. Awesome. Um, all right, guys, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Hell yeah.